Hello and welcome to episode 271 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay, hello. Colin, Colin from his deathbed, we look over. <laughs> yeah, I've had a rough week. I've been <laughs> bed down pretty much all week. I've been sleeping for what, average in about 18, 19 hours a day, so yeah. It's <laughs> like a newborn now. <laughs> I wish, I feel, yeah. feel like I'm a death's bed almost, yeah, I feel pretty old, tired, so definitely not oh. like a newborn. I do thank you for doing this with, because my week doesn't uh, feel complete if we don't talk movies for at least a, oh, an hour or so. Looking forward to it, sir. Looking forward to it a lot. I can still talk, maybe. Always. It's very good. And before we go into what we're drinking tonight, we actually, for the first time ever, call we have a sponsorship of sorts on this podcast tonight. What? Who's sponsoring this? Well, our good friend had his, um, Mr. Stuart Steen McFall, had his debut novel released. Oh. Um, it came out on last Friday. So that What's was it called? Tell, tell it's all called listeners. Yesterday's Dirt. Yesterday's Dirt by Stuart McFall. Look Stuart Steen McFall is what it's on Amazon. So if you are within earshot of this and you want to help our brother out, um, go and buy the man's novel. Um, cause hmm. basically, uh, it damn near killed him, um, and we would like to see him do well from it. And he's also a very good writer as well. He's also very, that's, that said, yeah. he's also a very good writer as well. Yeah. So you yeah, enjoy the prose as well. Um, yeah, so it's, you can get it on Amazon, uh, you buy it on Kindle, you can buy a, a hardback version or a paperback version. Um well, it suits your best. Um, but yeah, go buy it. Only £699, of which £600 goes to the Free Beers podcast fund. I'm hoping you get, for, I think for every, every referral we get, we should get a beer out of it, I think. Hopefully. <laughs> beer at least. <laughs> I think I'm going to get at least two people to buy it so far, so I feel like I'm, I'm owed two beers. You're owed two beers, I want to push for one then at least. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, everyone. Go download it and read it, read the book. And, yeah. yeah, but pay for yeah. it, don't download it on some torrent site, download it by paying for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, go, go and pay for it, it won't be, won't be a lot of money. I think it's like three ninety nine for the Kindle version or nine ninety nine for the paperback version. So. There you go, three ninety nine. you spend that and fucking can of Coffee. beer back at a crisp, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Listen, listen to what we're saying. It's only marginally more expensive than a Tesco meal deal now, think about yeah, it that way. Yeah, totally, and it'll last much longer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, what are you drinking tonight? Sorry, what am I drinking? Um, yeah. Oh, old favourite, um, Seven Giraffes. Ah, lovely. Williams yeah. Brothers. Yes, yeah, Williams Brothers, Seven Giraffes, which is just a drinkable, kind of lightweight. Yes, nothing, very nice. Nothing flamboyant this week, so I kept it kept it simple. Um, what have you got? Uh, well, I'm not drinking, because I was out on Wednesday night and I drank um, Beavertown Gamory. Um, All right, okay. And I had I realised that having six six Beaver Town Gamma Ray is good. Having a seventh one, not. No. So always that one into. Is you, that extra one you go for? You're trying to push it and you it's oh no. You totally think that like, you know what I'm 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 okay. I'm I can walk. I'm still okay. I'll I have, have one a nice more time. I'm all good. No. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't feel drunk as you woke up the next morning. Felt like absolute crap. Oh um, no. So yeah. So Beaver Town Beaver Town Gamma Ray is a good beer, um, but because yeah. of I'm not drinking anything tonight. I'm just on my limb sip to try and help myself feel a bit better as well. I'm also a bit under the weather. It's horrible when you get a bit older, isn't it? But and it's like a hangover becomes something to fear. Like genuinely, like you, you kind of just like. Okay. <laughs> you've not seen much this week because you've been in your deathbed. So let's start yeah. with this thing you've watched at home. What have you watched of interest at home? Um, just finishing off my, my usual um area programs. So finished off Game of Thrones. That that's the actual finish now and not the finish that I thought it was two weeks ago. Which How was I'd it? Have been ha- I'd have been really happy with that finish two weeks ago. Honestly, I'd have been like, cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it went out okay. Just kind of slow, kind of, you know, winding everything up and then that big kind of shock ending just to yeah. hook you for the, for the next season. But um, 
I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this show. I'm, I'm enjoying this show. Um, I know I keep saying it because it's kind of scared not to be its own thing, and I still think that. But overall, as a, a viewing experience, I've really enjoyed it a lot. So, and yeah, I'm invested in the characters. They've kind of just been slow, do you know what I mean? Um, and and they've kind of took a wee bit longer than Game of Thrones. But yeah, that's me kind of hooked enough now. That I want to know what's going on with the characters. So that's me back for season two when it drops. There's also enjoyment in something that's. You, you recognise. There's also yeah, you I, yeah. from you know. Yeah, you know the world, and you know some of the kind of you know the, the names of bandit about and stuff like that definitely helps you. But yeah, so that that's it finished anyway. Um, eventually. Um, see, so it's just weird that the one that I watched would have been a better ending one than the actual ending one. But yeah, sometimes they do that with these programs. I think they don't know how to wrap it up. They just kind of drag it out too much. I mean, you stretch out and you're just like, just you know just cut it clean. Um, but yeah. good watching, good watching. Cool. And. Andor, been watching Andor. So you're up so. to episode seven. I'm um, I'm bang up to date with Andor, so you're up to episode I'm on five. five. Just I, just, I just finished watching the first five, um, and I'll agree with what you said. It's it's a very un-Star Warsian show. I think it's which is really appealing to me about. It feels very yeah. much. This one, the one I'm watching recently, has the one where it's got like a tie fighter and stuff in it, so it feels a little bit more Star Warsy, a little bit, it's, and the yeah. stuff in it as well. So it feels like, but. The first four episodes felt very un Star Wars like. So did 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 you notice more more that they actually force the Star Wars moments in things like yeah. Teddy? It's you know the same shit with the band fans stuff for that. It's quite kind of subtle as well. Do you know what I mean it's it's not just fucking let's flash R two D two for the sake of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm intrigued that everybody in it is Scottish, particularly all the baddies. They're all Scottish. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but you texted me about that, and I think that's why I think um a lot of it was filmed in Pitlochry. Seems to okay. be. Kind of bulk of it was filmed, and I suspect it's just just local casting, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think. Um, yeah. The guy, the main sort of like, um, not the main guys in charge, like sort of like the guys are hunting, um, Diego Luna, but like so the, the big, the big guy who's sort of in, who's in charge of it, mm. the one who's actually the one who's actually in charge of it, like, mm. but, you know, he's kind of grant the off Tarkin character almost. No, ah, he's kind of big, kind of heavy set guy. Yeah, yeah. He was in EastEnders. Joe was telling me he was like big in EastEnders for a long time. Oh. I- yeah, so it's like it's a bit like you know, like people in America didn't realise that half the cast of like Game of Thrones were all Hollyoaks actors. Uh, they're all Geordies <laughs> and stuff and uh, like you hear them speak you wouldn't you wouldn't know. Um how are you enjoying Stellan Skarsgård's character? Very good. He's very good. I'm enjoying Diego yeah. Luna as well. Um, yeah. I'm quite intrigued by the new character they brought into it recently, who's sort of the leader of the resistance. Um the, the, the female character in that. I'm quite intrigued by her. Um so yeah, I'm digging it. It's it's enjoyable because I think it's detached enough from Star Wars. I don't feel fatigued by the amount of Star Wars I've had over the past like five or six years. So yeah. I feel like I can enjoy it a little bit more. I'm hoping they don't sort of just splurge on a big kind of Star Wars thing um, towards the end. I don't think they will. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the last two episodes I've seen is, uh, you know, they're kind of, I won't spoil it, but they're slowing things back down again. Do you know yeah, I, mean? so yeah. I think they did know this, it's a show, it's all about pace and character development. It's not about just fucking rushing headlong in yeah. here. Some big daft battle, hopefully, anyway. Um, yeah, it was genuinely pleasing that no one has pulled a, a lightsaber out yet. Um, yeah, you know, totally. So they've actually put a bit of menace into the, the Empire again. Because there was a real sense, particularly in um, the later movies and also in, in, even in George Lucas's the original Star Wars, that the Empire wasn't that fearful. They were a bit incompetent at times, you know? They were just, yeah, you knew they ruled everything and they were assholes, but aye, they, they kind of were a bit inept at everything they did. Whereas yeah, it's like they're just bastards yeah this case you realize like this is where the fear of the empire comes from yeah. you know this is why we were scared of them because they are ruthless at this point in history yeah. you know even if they do become a bit incompetent towards the end 
um, the way at the start at least, you know, fascism worked at that point, you know. Yeah, I totally was real when I first and you can see it. Yeah. Thinking like, why was everybody scared of Darth Vader? I've never seen Darth Vader do anything of interest. Yeah. In any of the films, was like one hallway scene, but that was it. Other than that, it's like nothing Darth Vader makes me you go, well, he's a terrifying, but you know, nothing makes you feel like why is he the most scary yeah. in the planet in the, the galaxy. Um, so this is I like I'm enjoying the fact they've made um, the Empire feel like it is something, you know, mm. and, and there's a reason to overthrow it, you know. But I also like because they're going behind it, do you know I mean, like into the offices and stuff like that, do you yeah. know I mean? into that department and into, you know, the sub departments and into the meetings and stuff like that yeah. as well. So it's kind of showing like the, 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 the political monster that it is as well. Yeah. Of, of that is what makes it even worse, you know, because it's not just, it's not people being evil for evil, it's not people being evil for evil sake, they're, they're almost doing it in an almost efficient office like manner. Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. It's not psychopathic, it is structured. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just absolute obedience. I mean, how can we yeah. get them to comply? That's exactly yeah. what it's about. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah. really good. Glad you're enjoying it. Glad. Yes. Um, so, well, that's you on track with that. So, we'll, we'll conclude that at the same time. So, next week, you've caught up. We can, we can keep it going. On. Yes, I will yeah, get yeah. there. I'll get, I'll get up to date with you for next week. Um, anything else you've watched? Have you watched your. I've watched my Kings of Pain. I watched that last night. Oh, oh, um, last week. They, they were doing more fish tanky kind of stuff. Right, um, okay. So, that they've done these venomous catfish. Um, that's been like it was really bad. Like they were in agony and both of them got really bad poisoned and stuff like that. Yeah. And they were doing bristle worms, which have got like kind of fiberglass like hairs that stick in you and work their way in and irritate yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, yeah, they've done that's that cool. as well. But I think that's that's the end of that. Everything's finished, dude. That's mm. that was the last um, episode of that season as well. So everything. The only thing I've got now is um, Andor. That's my only. Well, you can watch the, the the Midnight Club on Netflix, the one from Mike Flanagan. It's very sort of nineties horror sort of. Oh, is that the one that's, that's done by Guillermo? No, that's a Cabinet of Curiosity. Right. Okay. Cool. There's one we called it's called the Midnight Club. I've not watched it yet, but it's by Mike Flanagan who did um, Haunting of Hill House and Midnight Mass. Right. Okay. Is it in the same universe? So. I think it might be, yeah, because like, people from that universe in it, and also like sort of nineties horror staples on it as well. So okay, it seems quite intriguing what it is. Could, could jump into that. Yeah, but we'll, we'll find stuff. Don't worry. There's plenty on. In fact, next week we've got a lot of stuff on next week, so I'll be able to fill your boots with um, with many things to watch, Colin, okay? <laughs> cool. Yeah. What have you been watching? This, on, not on TV, nothing. Um, watched, I'm watching Andor, and that's pretty much it. I have mm. not watched anything else on TV, so we'll jump straight into the, the movies, if that's yeah. okay for you. Yeah, go on. So these are really the first three of these I'm going to try to convince you to watch, and then they finally get to the one that we've both seen. Okay, yeah. so first one is called The Strangers, directed by Thomas M. Wright, um, who directed a film called Acute Misfortune, but he's better known as an actor. He was in um, Sweet Country, the one with Sam Neill. Um, have you not seen that one? Not seen it, no. Um, and also in The Outsiders and Everest as well. So he's like an Aussie actor. Um, this one, this, so on Netflix, and the basic plot of this, it's based on like a true story in Australia where this guy goes undercover within a gang to try and get somebody to admit to the kidnapping or and murder of a young boy. So they're basically setting up a sting operation. So, mm. but, you know, so the, the interesting part is like the guy who's undercover is trying to keep the fact he's undercover and under wraps because he won't get killed by the gang. But the guy who they think has done it as well, he's sort of like not want to be able to find out his past as well because it will back him hard as well. Because uh. it, it's sort of like cat and mouse on both sides. Yeah. Um, Try to figure out, you know, who's who and what's happening with it all. 
Yeah, well, it sounds, sounds like a good setup. It's quite interesting setup, yeah. It's partly a true, true story as well. Um, so, and you've got Joel Edgerton, um, who we both very much enjoy. Yeah, yeah. You've got Sean Harris, who is a oh. very um, pensive actor, I think is the best way to do it. You know, he's very, I think he's the most menacing character I have ever seen in camera. He is, I just think he's just terrifying at all times. Even just yeah. stands, like, he's just so, he just looks so intense. Yeah, and when he talks with that voice, he's just, he, he, he totally is like, the ultimate creepy bastard villain yes. he's just <laughs> look, wow wow yeah so you also got in it some Aussie actors Jada Albert Steve Huzekis and Fletcher Humphreys but it is Joel Edgerton and Sean Harris are some of the two um, the main guys and it's an Australian production as well and I think Joel Edgerton and Thomas M. Wright might have been friends based on the fact they're both on Everest together I think um, mm. the movie so maybe that's where they've all kind of met so as you can imagine Edgerton and Sean Harris very compelling on screen you know they, they never really you know they don't ever phone it in I would say yeah yeah. Um, and both very much inhabit the roles and they don't flinch at what is quite dark and sort of nasty material for most yeah. of it. Um, and they bring a lot of, you know, bring a lot of depth and understanding to that. So it's a extremely dark and brooding film that it, it kind of burrows its way inside you and it doesn't want to make you feel happy or in any way easy. It wants to make you uneasy. Yeah. Kind of a bit like Prisoners in that way. Remember the Hugh Jackman one? Yeah, yeah. Just a tough watch, yeah. Yeah, nothing about this film is there for pleasure. It's all very nasty and it's all very dirty and grimy. Um, really well directed. Score works as well. Um, but probably going to be about 15 minutes shorter just to try and like tie it up a little bit better. Um, but overall, it's a very compelling thriller and I've really enjoyed it. Um Unfortunately, I think it's going to be buried on Netflix after about, you know, a week. Yeah, you know, yeah. then you know, we have to begin. Deserves a lot better than that. I think everyone involved in it is, is doing a lot of really, really good work, but just they're not going to get, it's not going to get seen. It's probably get seen by a lot of people, but no one's going to remember it too well because it's just another film on Netflix. Is it violent? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I kind of want to watch this now. Sean Harris and Joe Egerton in an 18 thriller is going to be fucking violent, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really want to see this now. You've, you've Sean Harris is a man who exudes, can do violence. You know, he like it. Yeah, yeah. Still, the, the most terrifying thing ever is that bit in Harry Brown where he's the drug dealer in the, in the apartment. He's in the uh-huh. film for like five minutes and just haunts me to this day still. Like, <laughs> fucking haunts me. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I remember him in, like, remember he turned him in Mission Impossible as a baddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was just, just yeah. total fucking, just saying, it's that voice when he starts talking, it's like, oh, it's creepy. I think, genuinely, I think, see if you've been, I think you've made a really good Bane. Yeah, yeah, if you bulk him up enough, bulk, yeah. yeah see that, is that, the voice exudes intelligence, but also absolute menace and calmness as well, which is really I, something more totally, worrying, you know, someone who's totally. in control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, so, um, Brilliant actor, just totally fascinates me. So, yeah, definitely. Same here, and I'm always intrigued to see what he does. I'm, I'm just waiting for the day he does like a rom com or something. <laughs> he does something mm. that I feel like amazing if he done that. Um, just rom com for cycles. Uh, very intense actor. Joe Egan is also a very intense actor, doesn't really yeah. give much as well. You know, doesn't give much away. He's, he's you know, very invested in everything he does. So, yep. really enjoyed it. Well, enjoys the wrong word. I was very compelled by it. I found it very interesting and. It definitely sucks you in for the time it's on, on the screen. Um, so very solid, 7 out of 10. Oh, not bad at all for a yeah. Netflix score. I think, so, I, think, I think they've only bought it. I don't think it's Netflix original. I, yeah. I think it done well at Sundance, actually, or possibly can. One of the two. I think I'm sure they picked it up from there. Cool. I will put this one on my to-watch list, sir. Yeah. Sold. But, you have to make it bleak. Just be aware of bleak. I can deal with bleak. Okay. Uh, speaking of bleakness, let's move on to more bleakness, and that is Matriarch, <laughs> which is directed by Ben Steiner, and it's uh, his feature debut. This is on Disney Plus, 
And this is all about a woman going back to who basically she's a bit of a, she's she's very successful in her life, but she's suffering from trauma from her childhood, you know, and that's manifesting itself. She does drugs, she does drink, she basically tries to sabotage herself in any possible way. So she goes back home to visit her mother in order to sort of like reconcile and try and bring meaning to her past mm. um, and, and sort of silence those demons within her. When she gets back home, there's an, a literal demon um, in her childhood home that she's got to now deal with as well. Oh, um, so it's a horror film. Mm. A horror film as well, yeah. Um, you've also, and the, the town itself seems to have some sort of understanding of what this demon is, um, and she's got to try and combat that as well. So, an interesting premise. Yeah. Um, you get Jemima Roper, Kate Dickey, France uh, Ashman, Nick Haverstock, and Simon Meacock, which is a very funny name to say. Um, <laughs> this is, again, exceptionally dark and twisted, like yeah. really dark and twisted. Um, very dark and twisted week this week, actually, when we, when we you know. Leading up to Halloween, man, you're getting, you're, getting the, you're getting the feel uh, for it. It, it does well for a long time, but then it does overstretch its budget by a fair bit towards like the end, and it sort of it tries to maybe swing a little bit wider than it or harder than it really should. Should maybe sort of maybe double down a little bit and just try to keep it smaller. And um, but by going big, it sort of really showed the limitations of what it can yeah. able to do. Um, but enjoy the tone throughout it. It's, it's a very consistent, mysterious, keeps you on edge, um, and the mystery is very much unfolding slowly through the first two acts. Um, but then it sort of rushes in the third act because it goes a bit, it goes pretty mental in the third act. Not men mental, yeah, but not dissimilar mental to be honest. Yeah, kind of big ideas that don't. Big ideas in the end, yeah. yeah. Um, both leads do bring a lot to the roles, and it what I thought was interesting about it, it, it brings in some sort of like um, LGBTQ stuff in it as well, but doesn't play it in any way as being important which i think was quite refreshing yeah you know it wasn't like that wasn't the reason for something happening it just this is just who this woman is and sort of like and kind of the idea that it's not like the kind of the, the happy gay trope yeah it's, it's in films it's like yeah bad shit happens to everybody yeah sometimes lesbians make bad choices as much as anyone else you know yeah, that's yeah. that's i think yeah because it is yeah, which you need to i need to i need to get over the fact that there's a key person in this film or whatever, it's got to be more about, yeah, there's a person in the film and same shit yes, happens, to happens to you or me or anybody else, yeah. Who will make shit decisions as much as anyone else <laughs> yeah. decisions. Um, with that, it's, it's like I said, finale's rushed and a bit underwhelming, but I still very much enjoy what it was bringing to it. Um, and it's just one of those, it's just, again, it's just underneath your skin. I've, I've not, I read some reviews about it and that people didn't really like it, but I'm not really sure why. It, they seemed, why would they say they didn't like about it is kind of what I kind of got, I kind of enjoyed from it. Um, this sort of like constant brooding sense of unease. Yeah. You know, the way, like, I bring it back to like men has that, you know, you, just, you know something's not right in this world and it just feels, you know, there's just something fucked up going on. Yeah. And that brings it in. There's a film out last year called His House. It was on Netflix as well. Same idea. Just it's a constant brooding in a constant tone that makes you feel just awkward watching it. Do you and think that's the problem with these type of films is if the director's good at kind of getting that sense of kind of mystery and suspense from the start that there isn't an ending that can kind of... It, it takes a lot can make, for, every, for every one of these, for every sort of like the ones that we love like say It Follows or The Witch or like you know what's the other one so, um, what's the one with Florence Pugh in it? Do you want to see? Oh, uh, Midsummer. Midsummer, yeah. yeah. It's got a phenomenal ending that makes you like you sort of you know that's that elevated horror. Yeah. 
if you haven't quite got the talent of those filmmakers, you can still do something good for two acts, but you, when you're trying to land that plane, it, maybe doesn't, it falls a little bit flat, and I would say that's where this one is let down. Yeah, yeah it's kind of going up a ramp, and it's just not got the, the steam to... It's not going to engineer it, I think. But it's still, definitely, for a feature debut, definitely really well done stuff, and, and very much engaged with it, and um, there's definitely worse horror things I've watched on... Uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realise it was a horror I'm quite intrigued yeah. now you're just, that's two you've sold me on so two for yeah. two tonight so far yeah I don't know if you'll like it quite but I think I think it's this elevated horror thing that I don't think yeah. you embrace as much as I do you you do like your gore and your blood and your yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, do, I do like the simple things in life yes <laughs> um, and I'm it's kind of the same as well sometimes elevated horror to me is just a one hour word for dull horror um, you know it's, like, it's not really horror yeah. um, but this is definitely it's elevated but it's, it's got a bit of gore in it as well but um, like I said, yeah, just very well set up. Premise is good, start is good, middle is all right. Good performances, but just I just didn't quite land the, the plane at the end. And out of ten, six and a half. Not bad. Not bad. Um, and on from that, one on Netflix now. This is the last Netflix one we're going to talk about, and it's called The School for Good and Evil, um, which is a new film from a director we actually both quite enjoy, uh, Paul Feig, mm. who did. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's obviously known for his, you know, his. Um, comedies like Bridesmaids and Last Christmas a few years ago. He also done something with it, Simple Plan, the one with um, Blake Lively. A lot of everyone else hated it. I mean, you both loved it. The the, the female-led Ghostbusters, which we... I yeah, think, yeah, totally. Um, Fucking so, great film. So this, again, he's back in the supernatural. This one, this, it's, it's um, on Netflix. It's based on a book by Soman Chanani. Um, and essentially, it's sort of, it's Harry Potter in many ways. It's like, there's there's, a, there's two schools, one for the good character, one for good people, one for bad people, and these are people who make up the myths and legends of what we know as fairy tales. Right, so okay. it's a school to learn how to be good, how to be evil, and if they can find enough a good enough narrative in their story, they become they basically get released into the the our world as sort of like this these fables, and that's sort of the idea behind cool. it. So you've got like in the school, you've got people like the sheriff of Nottingham's daughter is is in it, you know, and you've got Prince Charming's son is in it as yeah. well. you know so it's like sort of the, it's a multi-generational type thing um and it's basically it's follows two friends who get picked up one day and they get put into what they think is the wrong schools because you've got the the, the dark like witchy girl gets put in the, with the good and the one who wants, wants to be a princess gets put, put, put in with the bad and they get mixed up in all the sort of plots and devious in order to bring down the the fairy tale world sounds busy that's maybe what I'm going to get to in a minute, Colin. Um, so in the lead role, you've got Sophie Ann Caruso and Sophia White, uh, Wiley, sorry, they play the, the two leads. Um, you've got quite an interesting cast of like teachers in it, you know, ones that just sort of pop up in, in little roles. You've got, we know him as Larry, but he likes to be known as Lawrence Fishburne. He, he pops yeah, up in it. Larry. Uh, Larry. Uh, Charlie Theron um, is in it. It's a role. You've got Kerry Washington, Michelle Yeoh, Kit Young, Rob Delaney, Rachel Bloom. They all pop up in, in various places. That's show. quite... Big names in there, but it's a decent yeah, cast. Yeah. You've, you've got Charlie Theron in it, you've got a pretty well known actor, yeah, yeah, yeah. In there. So, Michelle Yeoh is on a hiatus now. After you know, she, she was obviously in last Christmas, she's done uh, that everything, everywhere, all at once. All at once, yeah, no, she's, she's definitely flavour at the moment just now, yeah. yes, right in highest now. So, it's a very decent cast. Um, unfortunately, this is very messy and very unfocused in um, Fantasy Avenger, um, in which. You saw me struggling to sum up the plot a little bit there. The first yeah. hour is pretty much all exposition. There's not a single line that comes out of a character's mouth that is not exposition to try yeah. and 
tell you about something in this world that you need to know about. And it's like, you seem like, it feels like, from what I've read online, they've taken the first four books in the season and put them into one movie, by all accounts. Right, okay. It seems like it's a lot of information trying to like, sort of cram in there to try and get people. And then stuff pops up in like the third act that hasn't been mentioned in the first two acts. You don't know what it is. I Do you think this was, this was meant to have been a TV show, maybe? And they've just they've said, no, you can have a movie and... That's what I was going to say. It feels like it should be a TV show. It would probably do a much better TV show. Um, a lot more time to sort of unravel it and, and, and yeah. sort of plot out. Um, but try to cram so much in, it becomes very weighty. And it's, it's not a short film. It's it two and a half hours long. It's, which it's a long time to be yeah, focused. And for a family out. fantasy adventure, two and a half hours is just... It's too long. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's far too long for a movie. So... It's at least 30 minutes too long. There's sort of multiple unnecessary endings that sort of don't really fit in with the rest of the film. So you could easily trim a good 40 minutes out of this film to try and tone it down or even, like I said, cut it to the point of getting a, a, a TV series out of it, you know, and do it that way. Um, cast, are, are you two young girls in the lead roles, it's not their debut film, but sort of their best coming out. Um, yeah. and so Wiley and Sophie Ann Caruso, they're, they're very good and they're very a lot of charm to them. Um, they, they, they basically they bring a lot to the screen. Um, the name cast are embarrassingly underused. Yeah. If you've got Larry Fishburne, Charlie Theron, Kerry Washington, Michelle Yeoh in your film, put them in your film. Don't have them reduced Don't to like have two them being a face, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it's like when you then you're going, people are going to compare this to Harry Potter, which is, is the obvious thing you compare it to. It's based on the books, so all the fantasy. It's set in a school. There's good and there's bad. So that's it's very much in the Harry Potter vibe in that respect. The teachers in that film, because they had, had more films to run with, they became characters. And people went to yeah. You know, yeah. like Rickman was beloved in that film as much as yeah. anything else. So was... The yeah, Miss McGonagall, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're given time, maybe not a lot of screen time, but enough screen time that they could they could stamp some sort of authority on um on, on the film and become recognised one. And yeah. ha- you know, these characters don't get any time to do it. Now, if they do get a track, they've set it up obviously for sequels because that's what they're, yeah. they're yeah. liable to do. Yeah. That might be something they'll explore later on, but for me, the, the all the name cast did not get any chance to, to do anything with it. Um well, get applauded for a few things. They use a lot of practical effects up and makeup effects, which I was really impressed with. Cool. You know, like the, the guards of the of the um, the bad school are like these big sort of like werewolf dog creatures, and I thought they'd be CGI, but it's not. It's guys in like suits and masks. So I was like, oh, that's yeah, you could also try because it's definitely less and less than that. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And there's a lot of sort of like when things come alive, you can see it's puppetry work, and it's not um, the CGI. There's like plants come alive, and you can tell it's very sort of uh, Rocky Horror, not Rocky Horror. Yeah. Job of horror esque, yeah. you know, in that respect, you know. So again, a lot of, maybe it's been supplemented by CGI in places to try and like sort of, but it definitely tells a practical effect a lot of it. Um, so I was really happy with that. Um, and in fact, some of the CGI looks very, very ropey in places, like very, yeah. very lazy, and it looks like something that's been done for for unfortunately for a TV show. And in a TV show, you're more forgiven, I think, of yeah. bad CGI. But whereas in a movie, you're going, no, you should have that down. Yeah, no, nah, totally. If you're going to see a film, you want to see something that's finished and polished and not fucking shorty. No, I get it. Yeah, you, it looks, you can see probably you go like, like the old style blue screen, you can see the black line around it. Yeah. Oh, you, go like, you go, that's very, very cheap looking. It looks, you can tell it's like they're on a blue screen. So, um, we had films, Marvel's been guilty of that recently as well. Some of their um, positive stuff has been quite ropey as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. In the movies. Um, but yeah, I was just a little bit. I like Paul Feig. Like I like everything he's a lot of stuff he's done to be honest, and I kind of high hopes for us. 
I will say he does feel like he's working a little bit outside of his genre. I was going to say, yeah, it doesn't seem like something that he would pick. Or it seems like a strange choice for, for his kind of style and where he usually aims to. Aye. So there's nothing that really stamps his sort of... He, I think he could quite a dark sense of humour, Paul Fagg. You know, yeah. But, yeah. And that he doesn't really have in this at all. So I think he would give him plaudits for like he, just, he tried to swing for something different, you know, and yeah. it did didn't come off this time, but you always give somebody some applause for you know at least trying to be something. Yeah. Just how's um who's it aimed at? Who's who's the kind of target audience? Is it a I'm kind of teen audience or? I think it must be like a sort of like young like sort of maybe ten to fourteen year olds possible. Right. I don't know who's reading mm. the books, but yeah, I think the books are, are pretty popular to be honest. I'm not I've not heard them, but apparently they're quite popular. So it's definitely aimed at that audience, but. I've not heard of any, like, none of my nieces have said anything that they were watching it or they were excited yeah. for it or mentioned it, so I don't, maybe it's just missed me out completely. Yeah, I've, not, I've never heard of it either, so me and uh, you both, yeah. You yeah. thought you were known about it, you know, because yeah, yeah. your kids are the right age, but yeah. Unfortunately, I would give it a very, very ropey 3 out of 10. Oh, fucking hell, man. You yeah. just shot that one down. Okay, see, if we made it 90 minutes, I'd probably be a lot kind of it. See, you can make me watch for two and a half hours. That's a big ask. Yeah, a long time to sit there. Especially, I mean, I'm thinking of his target audiences, like kind of young teenagers as well. That's a lot of them. So. You think you met a family watching on Netflix for two and a half hours? No, you've got yeah. to put two hours You end up fighting and screaming and shouting and all storming away in bad moods. You, you end up, minutes. Yeah. probably end up taking about four hours to watch because everybody's pausing it so often. Yeah. Or stuff, so you could end up taking a couple So, yeah, um, unfortunately, a bit of a miss by Mr. Fake, which I'm, I'm ashamed of, um, because I, I really like him as a, as a yeah. director. Always yeah. well. As you say, swing and a miss is never a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the sequel will be well. He lives, he learns. Um, yeah. On from that, Colin, we go to the one film that you have seen this week that I've also seen, um, and it's mm-hmm. one in the cinema this week, and it's called The Banshees of Inisherin, um, directed by Martin McDonough. Um, who directed the very, very funny In Bruges, which I watched straight after this, just because it put me in the mood for it, um, which In, in Bruges holds up immensely well, um, if you have a chance to rewatch that. Um, he also did Seven Psychopaths, which I didn't like quite as much, but still enjoyed it. Um, and recently he directed the Oscar-winning Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, um, that won the Oscars for, I think, Sam Rockwell and... Francis McDormand, I think it was. Maybe it won a screenplay one as well, I can't remember, but it won, yeah. it won, won multiple Oscars. Um, and it's a very, very dark and very, very good film as well. Um, so the plot of this one is essentially very basically, there's, it's set in the 1920s in Ireland. It start, the Civil War's raging on the mainland. This is set in a little island called Inishirin, which doesn't exist. It's a fake island. Very much a craggy island feel to it, I would say. Yeah, uh, Father Ted vibes. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's Two guys who basically have always met in the pub every day after work, um, and one day one of them just turns, basically won't talk to him, and he's asked him, and one of the other ones asks, what's wrong? And he goes, I just don't like you, and I don't want to be friends anymore. Yeah. And that sends the other friend down a spiral trying to figure out why he doesn't want to be friends, and also to try and rekindle this friendship. And the more he tries to rekindle it, the darker and more... The worse things get. The worse yeah. things get, and the, yeah. and, and the more horrific things start to go. And that's that's basically the plot, essentially. Yeah, yeah. pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the funny Colin Farrell, he's the friend who is ditched essentially. He's the one yeah. who don't like you anymore. Uh, Brendan Gleeson plays the friend who says, I don't like you. The ditcher, uh, yep. Barry Keogh plays the um, sort of village idiot essentially. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you've got Kerry Condon who plays the sister of Colin Farrell. Yep. Um, she's in it as well. She's got a major role in it as well. Um, I've talked a lot, Colin. What did you think of this one? 
I love this film so yeah. much. Um, I've, I've never seen In Bruges. I tried to watch it oh, once. Find it. I, get, I tried once and I couldn't get into it. I gave it about oh, 20 minutes and I wasn't so feeling it. Um, Try it again now, I think. And everyone kind of says, you know, whatever that mention this film, um, or that director, that's what everyone says In Bruges, yeah. In Bruges, In Bruges. But, so I went into this knowing that I should have seen In Bruges and I hadn't. And I, I kind of wasn't really sure what to expect. But this yeah. is just like the funniest yet saddest <laughs> like, most harrowing film I've, I've seen for a long, long yeah. time. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you literally go from laughing out loud to some daft comment to like immediate like shock and dismay. And repulsion. Yeah. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just snap and it just turns over. Um, dialogue was amazing. So, yeah. so well written. So funny. Um, I don't know how it kind of translate in America and stuff for the kind of Irish. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Obviously, we're kind of more tuned into that accent and stuff like that. But it was some some of the some of the very Irish, especially Barry Keogh. He was exceptionally Irish. Yeah, he, yeah, he was he, he was um he was a standout, and I think I think he stole that show. His performance was just insane. So it was it, it just played village idiot like being understanding that you like you are the village idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, but he played a real warmth as well. There's a real, there's a real warmth. Yeah. To the bit when he's talking to like um the the river talking to Colin Farrell's sister in it. Yeah. That was generally one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in my it life. Was it was really so, sad. Yeah. And so, and so it, lovely. It, even at the end of it, he just looks away. And it, but just the acting as well, John. Oh, it's so good, yeah. It was just wonderful. Like, everybody in it was there. There wasn't any bad performances. No. Um, at all. Um, you know, and, and all the leads were brilliant. The sister didn't feel like, usually it's just like, you know, they're at home cooking and stuff like that. She, she oh. had a, a proper role, do you know what I mean, as well. Yeah. So it was good to see them like, kind of writing for the female and keeping it. You know, a strong kind of female role as well. She had a purpose on that. She had a purpose yeah. to the film, yeah. Absolutely. But um, as funny as it was, though, it just is fucking horrible as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, it's a trailer. It's, it's not a spoiler. But the, basically, the fella says, I'm not going to speak to you. And if you ever speak to me again, I'm going to chop off my finger. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And it, it just goes from there. Do you know what I mean? That sets the tone and it just keeps going from there. And it's just fucking insane. Proper, proper bonkers. Um, yeah. Let's say every time you laugh, do you know what I mean? Just the next scene is just something that, that just sets you right back there in that seat and just, you know, pulls you straight to the attention again. It's, yeah. it's amazingly well crafted. It does the thing that Embrouge does as well, where it starts off, the, 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 the basically the first half hour is quite heavy laughter. Like it's quite, it's heavy, not he- it's not slapstick comedy, but it's mm-hmm. heavier on the comedy to the point where you are giggling quite a bit. Yeah. And just as the film goes over, it's saying 100 minutes. The laughs get less and less, and the darkness gets ramped up. But because yeah. you've got that first half hour of being like sort of properly kind of giggling along with it, it you, you you almost like you don't ex- the darkness comes sneaks up on you a little bit because you're sort of you're not really expecting it. you know it just sort of creeps yeah. in and before you know it you're watching one of the bleakest, darkest, most like sort of horrendous thing you've ever seen in your life, and which you didn't even see coming, which is yeah. amazing, yeah. And that's what Embrouge does so well as well. It does the same thing where it's you start off and you're laughing first the first half hour of Embrouge you're laughing yourself senseless yeah. at the two of them together, and then by the end of it you're like you're like fucking hell this is like where we started to where we are now. It just it's so it's such a such a wonderful storytelling journey to go from there to there. But it feels natural. It doesn't feel like you're stretching to do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Um Mr. Farrell, um it's nice to hear him be Irish for a Yes. It's always good to his performance. I think there's been Oscars mentions already. Would, and do you know what? Um I'm like yeah, yeah. Um he's doing this almost it's the same 
that he done in the lobster and stuff like that as well. This like deadpan delivery. He's kind of simple in this. He it, it, simple, yeah. yeah, but it works for him. See that that uh-huh. delivery style that he uses in in those other films as well. Just that 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 just simple pure deadpan delivery. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm, I don't get the joke almost. Yeah. Just that that delivery suits him so so. I, but then, I mean, because he has something quite simple character, you wonder like how can he does he access emotion? Because he seems like he just sort of like everything kind of rolls off him because he just he doesn't really understand it almost. Yeah. And there's a moment yeah. in this in the last half hour when you're like, oh my god, that's like genuinely one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in, on screen. And it's like it's just his emotion towards it is just so brutal and it's just and it's yeah it tears you up when you watch it because it doesn't it's not just one scene it's a series of like two or three scenes that are alongside it yeah. that. Keep it going. You're like, oh my god, it's that to that to that, and you're like, oh, it's yeah, just heartbreaking it, it watch. It just fucking such a good, good film. Like I said, it just how well written it is, is is stunning. Um, but like I say it, it takes a lot of dark turns because it's also about you know living on a small island and you know how it affects you mentally and stuff like that as well. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of kind of themes going on as well. But but on paper, it is basically as simple as I don't want to talk to you no more. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Is, the, 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 you understand Colin Farrell's position now because, like, if you suddenly turn to me and say, "One day, Richard, I don't like you, don't want to talk to you," I'll be going, yeah. "Like, why? But it's just such a simple idea, and to, yeah. to make like you know, a runtime of almost two hours out of that, but make it compelling every yeah. fucking scene. Do you know what I mean? Um, the, the the other side of it as well, the stuff that I tend not to notice so much um cinema photography and stuff like that was mm-hmm. amazing um every scene looked beautiful island bro, we island just i want to visit that island do you know what I, mean? yeah. I, I want to go there i want to I, I, you kind of feel the sea air almost do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and stuff like that it just draws you right in it's so well filmed as well it's absolutely amazing so all right go you talk about it now go, um, go, much go. i thought it was it's probably one of my films of the year i thought it was absolutely brilliant like i was hooked from the first moment it came come on yeah I hadn't seen the trailer because I was I heard the trailer had a few spoils on it, which yeah. it, it does. So I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer. Um, but it's just like I said, it just it's it starts off so funny and it's so silly to begin with because you're just trying to understand this as well. Mm. But then it just as it gets darker and darker, you do giggle at some of the darkness in it because it's so oh, yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, but then there's moments you just like you feel you've been punched in the absolute guts by moments that you just don't know how to deal with. Totally. Um, yeah. And I thought Farrell's never been better. I think Farrell's one of the best actors going around this now. And he's just unfortunately we've talked about it before, a bit like Brad Pitt, he's he's um He's got to get the right roles if it's the wrong No, he's right roles. He feels like he's he's been he's a great actor who's unfortunately been saddled with like movie star good looks, like leading man good looks. Yeah, yeah. He's not really a leading man. He's more suited to this stuff because he looks like Colin Farrell, he's going like, Well you should be a leading man. And it's like yeah. I, I, he's not really quite like that, you know, so Gleason, I thought was brilliant as well. He's always he, yeah, both of them together. But again, I've not seen him bruised, but both of them together seem to really just get each other. So, I mean, they yeah. just they, they just bounce but, off each other and they just they just work. Very different dynamic in this compared to Embrouge. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, they're not like it's not like you know a sequel where recapturing the, the old magic. It's a very different um, sort of relationship they have in Embrouge to this. So that's so it's, so it's two actors. It is the same two actors, but they're not definitely not rehashing the same thing. Yeah, um, so they're doing something totally different as well. Um, it's one of these uh, films that I want to I want to tell everyone about and to watch yep. it, but I know that people won't, and it's frustrating because I know how good it is. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those ones. Do you know what I mean? It's like people will be like, yeah, it sounds good, but they'll never ever see it. And then when they eventually do in five years, they'll be like, I cannot fucking believe it take me that long. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be one of these films that eventually it will be a cult classic, but 
it's just going to take its time to get. I remember in Bruges taking a good five years people to understand how good in Bruges was. I remember raving about it at the time. Same even something like the lobster. Like me, I mean, you saw the lobster and just absolutely yeah. adored it. And we're like telling everybody you could hear about it, and no one saw it. But now I start hearing people who I wouldn't expect to have seen it talking about it and going, Oh, I watched that film, watched it, and I really loved it. I'm going, yeah, yeah. we're telling you this like, when it first came out. You've got to yeah, because it's a fucking great film. But no, I, I really went in not knowing what to expect for this at all. When I just came out just like bursting with all kinds of emotions all at once. I mean, just yeah. like the joy of it, how funny it was, how sad it was, how horrific it was, it just all chewing me up inside on the way out of the yeah. cinema, do you know what I mean? I was like, wow, what a film. Absolutely brilliant. Wonderful film. Um, out of 10, what are you giving it? Out of 10, I'm going to give it a solid 9 out of 10. Oh, I'm giving it a 10. Are you giving it a 10 out of 10? Cool. Proper 10 out of 10. One of, it's definitely one of my films of the year so far. Like, I can't yeah, think Oh, of... no, for sure. For sure, definitely. It's... I came home and was telling Lorraine about it, and I was like, you, you, we need to go and see it again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we've already lined up that, that second. Lovely. That's what you just feel like I thought you want to go and see it again, just, and, you want, and you, like you said you want to take people to see it. To yeah, because you know how funny it's going to be, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know the bits of that got me, they'll get that, do you know what I mean, as well? Yeah. No, totally, totally. I want everybody to see this film. Um, so yeah. anyone that's fucking listening, spend money. This is one that you, you want to spend money in. To, yeah. Yeah, give, give it money, it deserves it. Yeah. And we saw it like during the day, actually, on a Monday, and it was still quite a, or Tuesday, so it was still quite a busy cinema, which is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a good vibe in cinema as well, like reaction-wise. Oh, the laughs at the right places. And stuff. Yes. Yeah, same yeah. when I was at. It wasn't massively full, but everyone that was laughing was laughing. Everyone got it. I mean, and the silence yeah. was was deserved as well. So yeah, mm. definitely brilliant film. You actually got don't hear it very often some like gasps, like genuine gasps. Like yeah, one or two as well. Like, I, I I I let that kind of hard silence. You know what I mean, where oh. happens, and you just feel the silence just. Pushing down, do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah. right, they get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love yeah. when cinemas are when everyone's just. That's why you go to the cinema. That's why you want to see a film in the cinema because yeah. you don't get that at home. You get that in the cinema. That's, yeah, that's totally. The just the whole audience is just locked into that same thing. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's just a collective. Oh my god. Um, yeah. This is the film to take your friends to see to get that. This yeah. is the one. Yeah. Absolutely bold it. So yeah, we're giving it might be the film probably not only the film of the week, probably the film of the month, but even possibly the film of the year, depending I on how I think so going. far it is, yeah. Film of the year. I, think. I know yeah. I give the Marvel stuff for that higher ten out of tens, but in terms of actual you said to me just now watch this or Spider Man, I'd be like, I'm watching the Banshees again. Yeah. I'd watch Banshees again over it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic film. Um that's us for this week, Colin. We've got next week we've got a very busy week next week for stuff to watch. Mm-hmm. So you're not yeah. feeling well, so I've actually got some Netflix and Amazon stuff primed here for you as well. So, on Netflix, we've got The Good Nurse, which stars um, Jessica Chastain and her, well, I would say, I don't think I always like him, Eddie Redmayne, yeah. um, about, basically, it's um, like a, a nurse who was possibly poisoning patients and killing them. And oh. one, one person tried to uncover it, based on a true story, back in the late 90s it happened. So, that's on Netflix. Um, also, on Netflix, we've got All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, you've heard of that. Is um, that a remake, or...? It's a remake, obviously. It's based on the book, and it's a remake of yeah. many versions back before. Yeah. Um, I think it's a German production as well, so it'll be interesting to see you know, mm. what bring through it. Um, also on Netflix, you've got... Uh, no, not Netflix, sorry. Amazon Prime um, is Run, Sweetheart Run, which is um, an action thriller that's on Amazon Prime. Okay. So that's one there for you to watch as well. Um, in the cinema, if you do feel better, Colin, you get to the cinema. We will, I will go and see Black Adam this week, so we can talk about Black Adam at I've length. seen Black Adam twice now. Yeah, it's very good. yeah. I've seen The Good Nurse already, so I'm, that's what I'm telling you to watch it. Um, so I will go and see Black Adam um, this week. We can talk about Black Adam at length um, next sure. week. 
Um, in the cinema, if you want to go and see it, I think other than Black Adam, go and see Banshee. It's still out, obviously. Uh, go, um, go and see Banshee. That that was a, 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 an order there. That was yeah, a, an instructive. Uh, go and see Banshee. Ticket to Paradise is also out in the cinema still, and I saw that this week and I actually quite enjoyed it. It was very charming with Clooney and Julia Roberts. I actually found a lot of charm to that. Um, big fucking Jesse. Yeah, I am. Uh, anyway, also, time this week um, is the horror film Barbarian, which I've heard nothing but great things about that it will fuck you up in a big way. Oh, uh, okay, another one you got, mean. Yeah. It has got Justin Long in it, so, I mean, yeah. man wants to turn into a walrus, so what he'll do for <laughs> horror is he has no limits on what he'll do for a horror, you know, a horror scale. I find Justin Long very strange. I find more and more we just nearly get all or nothing now. Yes. He's becoming a bit like Nick Cage. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what Justin are you going to get now? Um, yes. He's becoming that kind of. Fuck, here we go. I, don't I think it depends on the director he's got to tell him what to do sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah. You've also got the, as if, I think it's quite a good title, Pray for the Devil, which is out in the camera this week as well. Yeah, yeah, Pray for the Devil, yeah. And if you don't want to go with a horror option, um, there's a film called Bros that's out this week as well, which is a rom-com from basically an LGBTQ angle. Um, which is, is a shame because, again, it's like, this has been solely billed as like LBGTQ movie, do you know what I mean? And it's like we're not past the point where you need your own fucking movie yet, do you know what I mean? Why can't it just be a movie, do you know what I mean? Well, I think it is, and that's the point of it, because I have seen it already, um, and it is a film where it is trying just to be it, but it's trying to just show you that a relationship within the gay community um, between this guy, because this is a gay guy who's in his 40s in it, mm. and he's wanted, he's starting to feel the need to sort of resettle in some way, settle down and find that person rather than just living a sort of quite, you know, t- untactile existence. Yeah. Um, that is different for the gay community than it is for, say, the straight white community. It doesn't come in, it's not, it doesn't come in as a bad angle, it just says, look, things are different. So just, this is our, ver- so we all, they're kind of basically saying, we all love rom-coms, um, people who are LGBT, we love rom-coms, but we don't ever see ourselves in those. We're always basically like the goofy character or the, yeah. or the sassy friend. Like we have got differences as well. So I'll talk about it next week in more depth. But um, it's, it's I would say it's generally that's the worst scene. It, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, I'm just um, doing that. Agree with that. But yeah, it, there is. I think there is a purpose to why it has been built as that, and I think and I understand why it's been built as that as well. Okay, cool. And unfortunately, I think that's put a lot of people off going to see it. No, no, just, uh, just, I'm just wondering why. Do you know what I mean, it's like, did, should it be? Do you know what I mean, should it just be another movie? You, but, you'd like to think you get to a point where it isn't that, but then yeah. if you think about other films of that, or in the rom com genre, think of any rom com that's not two white characters getting together. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, slim pickings. It's like, yeah, two, two, a male and a female both white getting together. I mean, it's other, you know, like, there's very few that are not that, so I get yeah. why they push this as the angle for it. You can find us on the number three beers the movie. We're on Gmail, Instagram, um, Facebook, and Twitter. So yeah, look us up and, and talk. Go tell us all about Sirens. How was your Sirens experience? Let us know how good that film was because we know how good it was. We, we want to hear you say yeah, it was really good. Thanks. It was really good. And it's really good. Guys. It's very good. It's also our film of the week. So go go watch that. Yes. I've been calling. You've been. Richard. We've been... Three beers and a movie.